It's time for the Faith Connection Show with your host, Dr. David Miller, equipping people to connect with their purpose. In the next half hour, you will be inspired with words of encouragement and you'll be motivated by experts in the respective field who have been where you're trying to go on the Faith Connection Show. But first, here's an inspirational word. This is Buana Miller Cannon with your word of the day. Have you ever had an airline lose your luggage? It happened to me. I was directed to the unclaimed luggage area. Once there, I was amazed to see how much stuff had been left unclaimed for days, weeks, even months. It amazed me that people would leave expensive watches, cameras, and jewelry unclaimed. As I pondered that, I realized that is exactly what we do when we leave unclaimed blessings with God. In spite of what you're going through, you should begin each day with a grateful praise because God delights himself in our praise. When you release your faith expecting God's favor, you'll see God show up and do amazing things in your life. He'll bless you beyond measure, beyond your wildest dreams. God wants you to live in the abundance of his love and blessings. Start your day by thanking him for the small things because God's got a blessing with your name on it. Don't leave it in unclaimed property.
Thank you for listening to the Faith Connection Show. And here's Dr. Miller with his special guest. We have in the studio with us today a guest that we've been anticipating him coming in. We have Pastor Brent LaPrince Edwards with us today. He has written a book called Bullying, and my fact book is entitled You Can't Bully Me Anymore. And the book has really had great success, and it's just good to have Pastor Edwards with us today because we wanted to talk a little bit about the book and to share with our audience because, you know, bullying has become quite a problem in America, and we seem to have, it has escalated to a new level. The new level is cyberbullying, and we want to try to talk a little bit about all of that. And Pastor Edwards, it's just good to have you. It's great to be here. I'm excited, and I am very passionate. This is a very subject that I'm very highly passionate about, and I'm just grateful to be here, Dr. Miller. Well, you know, we're passionate about it as well because, you know what, it seems like that this is becoming more and more of a problem. We have kids committing suicide because of the bullying situation in this country, and especially in the school systems. It just seems like it runs rampant. Now, first of all, let's talk a little bit about you uh, because this is a unique way to make an impact in community and in society as a whole. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Pastor. Well, I am Reverend Brent LaPrince Edwards. I am the pastor of St. James African Methodist Episcopal Church in Asheville, North Carolina. Um, I serve on several city boards in the city of Asheville. I also work with the Asheville City School Board, and um, I also work alongside with the Buncombe County School Board. And I am the author Mm-hmm. Of, of You Can't Bully Me Anymore. Now, we're going to talk a little bit about the book. I, I know you've been at this particular church for about nine years, I think. Yes. Is that correct? Yes. And you're originally from Charleston, and you're out of the church, Emmanuel. I'm out of Mars Brown, Mars Brown? AME Church. Oh, okay. Which historically was birthed out of Mother Emmanuel right. AME Church. Okay. And I have, I have family members in both churches. Oh, okay. Yes. Let's uh, talk a little bit about the book and what inspired you to write the book. I was inspired to write this book because I work with, at our church, we hosted an anti-bullying forum. And what we did was we had the uh, Boncombe County School Board and the City of Asheville School Board to come. And we had several teachers and guidance counselors, principals, uh, even students to come and to discuss bullying. 
And what I noticed was that there are not enough resources for bullying, particularly for elementary school children. And I noticed that, and even when there are resources, and there are good resources out there, but there are not enough resources that actually speak to the child. And this is the big thing, the offender. Oftentimes we address the bullied, but we leave out the offender. And so what I decided to do was to, and that's where the idea of this book came into fruition. I decided to write a book that will speak directly to elementary school children at a language they can understand. And not only to children who are bullied, but also to the offender, because actually, psychologically, when you look at the children who do the bullying, oftentimes they're bullied themselves. Oh, okay. And so what this book does is that it provides tools of prevention, it provides next steps, it provides recovery, and most of all, it builds self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And that's why the book is entitled, You Can't Bully Me Anymore, because when the, when the child's self-esteem is built, that is the first part of the battle. And I guess it's important to understand the need to stop this process at an early age, because elementary is a great place to start, because these are habits that are built over time. I noticed there were, like, benefits to this book. I mean, I noticed there were like five categories that you mentioned. One was uh, addressing the unprecedented bullying epidemic in America. Give me some statistics about bullying in America, and especially at this age group. According to the Anti-Bullying Institute, 70% of students feel that schools deal poorly in responding to bullying. Okay. And we can see that through um, several instances. Over 160,000 children miss school per day because of fear of bullying. 54% of boys and uh, 60% of girls are bullied, which shows that girls are bullied. Um, The statistics show that girls are bullied uh, more than what guys are bullied. Oh my goodness. More than boys are bullied. Not only that, but one out of six children are bullied every day in school. My gracious. And then a, an amazing statistic that there are 57% of the time when bystanders intervene, bullying stops within 10 seconds. Oh, really? Yes. That's interesting. Now, the statement you made a moment ago about more girls being bullied than boys, are they being bullied by other girls or are they being bullied by... From what studies show that most of the time is is both, but girls tend to bully girls more than what oh, really? boys do. Yes, yes, mm. yes. Now, why why is that? Do you think? Um. Well, you know, in this book, let me give an example. I have four characters in this book. Um. Thomas, who is bullied because he has an obesity problem. Right. Then we have Rosa. She's bullied because um, she's from a different culture. And has a different belief system than what we may call the known. Then we have Chad. He's bullied because of special needs. But then there's Nancy. Mm-hmm. Nancy is bullied because she gets all A's. And she's bullied because she's pretty. Okay. And, and I think sometimes uh, what happens sometimes among girls, oftentimes girls are often placed in positions where they have to compete against each other. Mm-hmm. You know, like most of the times you put children, girls in pageants mm-hmm. where they have to compete. Boys, on the other hand, you put them on baseball teams, football teams, and they kind of learn the ethics of teamwork together. In, in looking at uh, the bullying situation, how does your book actually address it in a manner that it makes it easy for the kids to understand. And I looked at your book. Your book is really laid out nicely, but that's why I wanted you to talk a little bit about that. Right. When I wrote this book, and I also drew the pictures. Oh, really? And so I I said, you know what, let me just go ahead and and do my own artwork. So um, 
I've, I've done the artwork. I actually am an amateur artist. Uh-huh. I don't spend that much time in art because preaching kind of takes away from everything else. But I said, let me go ahead and draw these pictures. But what this book does is a discussion starter. Okay. It is very simple. It's written in poetic form. It tells a story about bullying. And it, what it does is it draws the child in because children, particularly elementary school age children, have a difficult time expressing trauma. And we see this, and this is why when we see the suicides that have happened and are happening across America, oftentimes these children are traumatized, but it's very difficult for them to express trauma. So what this book does through poetic form and through simple form, as the child reads, it will draw conversations out of the child so that they can begin conversations uh, with adults and parents. And it's highly recommended that parents read this along with their children. Now, what has happened already, um, several schools have adopted this book as a resource for um, discussion. And so schools are now taking this book and they're reading it. And after reading the book, they're allowing the children to begin to express themselves so that if bullying is happening in any form, or even if a person is an offender, that they can start the conversation, which will put them in position to start the next steps to prevention, healing, recovery, and uh, whatever is needed. We're going to take a quick break here, and we'll be right back. The world premiere of the brand new single, I Can Love You Through Anything, by musician, singer, songwriter, and producer, Ken Hardio. I can love you through anything. Featuring Charlotte, North Carolina's very own musician, singer, songwriter, music educator, and producer, Quentin Bethay. This song has a message of hope and healing for people of all ages across the globe. Get your copy now. Available on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Google Play. Thank you for listening to the Faith Connection Show. And here's Dr. Miller with his special guest. Okay, now, cyberbullying, that's a major problem now. And the reason is because the bully can hide and not be visible to another kid by email other forms of cyberbullying. How does your book address cyberbullying? At the beginning of the book, before we get into the story, at the beginning of the book, cyberbullying is defined. Mm-hmm. And um, cyberbullying is whenever we do anything to hurt, harm emotionally, physically, socially, through social networking. Mm-hmm. And so, first thing, cyberbullying is defined um, along with pictures. And then after cyberbullying is defined, then it goes on to talk how that can be avoided when moving forward to harm another child. Cyberbullying takes on a lot of different forms. For instance, uh, texting someone, uh, hurtful messages, uh, that kind of thing. But do you find that that cyberbullying is more of a aged bullying process or is, is this done a lot with the younger kids as well? And these days and times, you have adults that are cyber. (laughs) And these days and times, it's it's very high among children. Okay. It's very high because um, it's very high among high school students as well. Okay. Junior high students as well. And it's um, really high. Actually, what's amazing is very high and highest among elementary school children. Come on. That's really. That's amazing. Okay. Tell us about that because... It seems like these kids will not really be 
savvy enough to use social media to bully another kid. Well, I look at, um, I'm not going to tell my age on this uh, radio, (laughs) because I'm the eternal 25, right? right. The kind of toys that we use in our generation, right? and I think, uh, Doctor, you you got me by maybe a few years, but... um, A few. I'm the eternal 25, so you'll be the eternal 26. All right. <laughs> but but um, <laughs> we had t- the toys that we used were not really technological toys. You know? right, they, right. We had outside toys. Right. You, know, you played baseball, yeah. you ride the skateboards, you played football, whatever That's other correct. things you do. The toys that the children are playing with now are mm-hmm. internal. Mm-hmm. And not only are they internal, they're very interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I often watch my nephews when they're, when they're playing on their telephones. And I'm like, what are you doing? And come to find out that on their phones, they are playing with at least 20 different people My at one God. time. These are, the, these, these are the ways that the games are set up. And I'm talking about elementary school children. Mm-hmm. So the way modern technology is today, it draws children in, and, uh, which makes it easier for cyberbullying to happen among kids. Right. And my concern also, I also have a concern about some of the, and I think parents need to really be aware of what types of games their children are playing because some of the games that our children play make death easy, make death look like it's um, something to be um, admired or obtained. And I think, in my personal opinion, I think that also has some influence on edging on the suicide that's happening among our elementary school children. Because again, the younger children are, psychologically, it's often more difficult for children to express trauma than even older children. Okay, you're getting ready to start a book tour now with the book, and primarily I think you're moving into elementary schools and you're gonna do some workshops and other things in elementary schools. Now, I've got your book here, and one of the questions I need to ask, if someone wanted to get a copy of this book, where, where can they get it? They're in bookstores everywhere, particularly Barnes and Noble all over the United States, but the best way to get this book is simply go to the website. Mm-hmm. which is www.youcantbullymeanymore.com. That's www.youcantbullymeanymore.com. And once you go to that website, it will direct you on how to purchase the book and other materials that are available. What is the cost of the book? The paperbacks are $21. Okay. And then the hardback copies are $30. And then you can also get them on Nook and ebook for uh, around $6. Oh, okay. Because, you know, when you look at the problem and how far-reaching this uh, bullying problem is, this would be a great book to have in the household so that every family has one and would actually use it to sort of teach their kids. Because a lot of times kids come home being bullied, but they come home and they're afraid to right. express that because they feel it it's, uh, really makes them look bad because someone else is doing bad. And I think it's important to get our kids to talk, because if you can get them to talk, then you can kind of find a solution to the problem. And I certainly want to commend you, because I think your book reaches the right age. You're trying to catch them before they really become proficient with bullying. Because as they progress in age, everything else refines along with that, and even bullying techniques refine. So those are the kind of things that we're trying to head off with this program that you have implemented in the school systems and also in the community, and I commend you. 
I think that uh, your book is a fantastic book, and I hope that all of our listeners will get a copy of this book and certainly put it on your shelf at home because it's worth it. And read to your kids from this because this book really will help smooth the pathway for some of our kids. I mean, simply because you are bright and you bullet for just being smart, don't dumb down. You know, seem to smarten up a little bit more because there is something about you that your bully doesn't like because he doesn't like it about himself. And I think in this case, you're right on target. My goal is to get this book into the hands of every child in America. And and that's my goal because I have a passion um, for children. And I would like to say to the audience, those of you that are parents that are listening to this, our guardians, um, look for the signs of bullying in your children. Often um, when you see a, a, a change in grades, a reluctance to go to school, mm-hmm. um, a reluctance to go to football practice or cheerleading practice, changing in clothing, changing in appetites. Look for the signs. And, and I encourage every parent, it's important to get involved in your school system. Just don't send your children to school. Actually know who's teaching your children. Know your children's associates. Because most of bullying happens at school. Not all bullying happens in school, but most of it does. And so parents, get involved. Um, invest in your child. Pay attention to your to your child. And um, as the African proverb says, it takes a whole village to raise a child. Let's be a part of that global village. All right. Thank you very much. Now, just before we close, can you give us how to contact you? You can contact me through this email. That's Rev, R-E-V, R as in rabbit, E as in elephant, V as in Victor, B as in boy, L as in love, A as in apple, P as in Peter, my last name, Edwards at yahoo.com. That's Rev Blap Edwards at yahoo.com. Or you can just simply go to the website, uh, www.youcantbullymeanymore, and it also will direct you on how to get in touch with me. Okay. Well, it's been great having you on the show, Pastor Edwards, and we look forward to having you back again. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. This has been an honor and a joy. Thank you. God bless you.
Thank you for listening to the Faith Connection Show with your host, Dr. David Miller, equipping people to connect with their purpose. Here's an inspirational word from Dr. David Miller. Life is something interesting. It's a four-letter word that is complicated enough that no one will ever decode or determine the true meaning of life. Whether you are born into a wealthy family or a poor family, it does not matter. Your life will be filled with ups and downs. The goals in life is to minimize the downs and celebrate the up and live a happy and inspired existence. And I know sometimes life is so depressing that it seems like every day of your life is filled with clouds and rain showers. But I want to tell you today, it's your season right now to change the season in your heart. Make life everything it can be by you living up to the best person you can be in life. Albert Einstein said it best, life is like riding a bicycle. To keep your balance, you must keep moving. Thank you for listening to the Faith Connection Show with Dr. David Miller, making a connection for you and equipping people to connect with their purpose. Don't forget to log on to the ConnectCenterNC.com. That's ConnectCenterNC.com. If you'd like to reach Dr. David Miller, email TheConnectCenter3 at gmail.com. That's TheConnectCenter3 at gmail.com. And remember, never lose the connection to your purpose. It's time for the Faith Connection Show with your host, Dr. David Miller, equipping people to connect with their purpose. In the next half hour, you will be inspired with words of encouragement, and you'll be motivated by experts in the respective field who have been where you're trying to go on the Faith Connection Show. But first, here's an inspirational word. 
is Buana Miller Cannon with your word of the day. Have you ever asked why me? Why not you? What better witness to God's amazing grace than yourself? We've all experienced the pitfalls of life and have asked God why. Why do I have to bear this trial? It's actually simple. God tests our faith through trials and tribulations. What you're going through right now is a faith endurance test. Instead of asking God why you, ask yourself how strong your faith is. It's actually through these struggles that God strengthens our faith. He shows us how powerful and amazing he truly is. God's intention in all of this is to use your struggles as proof of his power and grace and his mercy. He wants your testimony to be evidence that he is still on the throne and his grace is more than sufficient. He reminds us that everything is working for our good. So now when you go through your trials and tests, just remember it's working for your good because God is intentional.
thank you for listening to the Faith Connection Show. And here's Dr. Miller with his special guest. We're here today to continue the conversation that we had on last week on the show. And we talked last week about intervention with youth in the community. And this week on the show, we have a great guest, a guest that we hope is going to shed some great enlightenment on this. We have Reggie Singleton with us today, who is the founder of and director of the Males Place in Mecklenburg County and has done a phenomenal job. We want to talk to Reggie about some of the great things they're doing in the community and how they're being able to corral the talents of all of the youth that they take into their program. So, Reggie, it's great to have you on the show today. Thank you, Dr. Greetings to you. Well, greetings to you. Last week, we talked about some of these areas of uh, interest and uh, certainly talked to some pastors last week on the show and uh, talked to Calvin Brock, who came in and interjected some things concerning youth and the program they have, which is uh, a boxing program that gets kids off of the street. You know, one of the statistics that I wanted to mention is that in 2015, I think, there were 12 million single parents and more than 80% of those were single mothers who were head of household. And when you look at the fact that about 70% of African-American children were born into uh, single parent families and when you look at how uh, this trend is running tell me i know you probably have are familiar with these statistics but tell me a little bit about what it is that you think that creates this great disparity with so many single parent households yes sir dr king reminded us that some of the most devastating effects of the enslavement of our people was the destruction of the family in the village and so at the male's place we try to provide some prescriptive measures, interventive measures, preventive measures to build up not only the young man, but also to strengthen the family, the community, and those other socializing institutions that always played a role in the development of our young people. For instance, the church, the family, the school, and the community or the village. And so we try to draw on some of those time-honored efforts to socialize our young children and to give them a, an idea of who they are, knowledge of self, in addition to providing mentors and role models for them because while we know mentoring was never intended to replace effective parenting, it can supplement and provide the filling of the gap and provide direction and, and purpose for our, a lot of our young people. And so what we're seeing then is the effects of young people who are unsocial. Now, you mentioned church. Church has always been the greatest social gathering place in the African-American community. The civil rights movement was born out of the church, and the African-American church has made a tremendous impact in our society when it comes to changing this society for the better for all people. And you mentioned Dr. Martin Luther King, who was a very much a part of that. I guess my question is, do you think the church has lost its focus when it comes to becoming that catalyst in the community? Do you think the church has sort of lost its focus when it comes to that? I think more and more churches are becoming more corporate and we mm -hmm. see the mega churches and they're just not in tune with the realities of what's going on in our community. And unfortunately, many pastors believe that if they take care of their flock, if they take care of their sheep, then everything's going to be all right. But we know that those young people go back out into uh, a world where there are other significant influences now, their peers and 
and the social influences. And so I think churches need to be greater in tune in terms of the realities, uh, addressing the generational poverty, addressing the socialization that all children need, rather there is a father in the home or not. Now, the kids that you primarily work with are 12 to 18. What made you choose that age group? One of the reasons is because that is a period or a right of passage period where the young people are about to enter young adulthood. They're about to enter adolescence and puberty. And it's a crucial time. I I think probably the most significant time might be what we do for a child before the age of three. Perhaps even when the children are born in the hospital, I think it's important that we greet that child and we greet that mother you know, at that time, but 12 or so is a period where it's rooted in our cultural African history where many of the uh, young men would be taken into uh, manhood training, rites of passage. They would be uh, pulled away from the woman and from the community for a period of time where the men in the village would inculcate and still and teach the values that's necessary for that village or that community to sustain. Now, you made a good point there. I think that it's important for men to impart in young men. And I think if we want to develop strong young men into uh, strong adult men, we have to sort of impart some real wisdom into those kids from an early age and certainly that comes better I don't say it it comes better from a man because mostly women are nurturing and somewhere down the road you got to have that disciplinary piece that helps these kids stay on track let me ask you you know 98 percent of the kids in your program are african-american tell us a little bit about the program itself Well, uh, it's a program that we uh, focus on three major goals, three major areas, uh, pillows. Now, would you, I I mean to cut you off, but would you embellish on that word that you just mentioned, pillows? I think it's Pillows is areas of focus. These are things that we stand on. This is our foundation and, and our fundamental purpose. So those three major areas that we focus on is on mentorship or manhood training. And the second is agriculture and then social justice and service. We took on the mantle of doing agriculture in 2009. And one of the reasons is to address the chronic disease, the diet-related diseases that we disproportionately suffer from. But we also wanted to to have boys put their hands in the dirt again. You know, Mm -hmm. we've been told that, you know, this liberal education is going to solve our problems and we don't need to be in the hands-on business or, or trades or anything like that. But I also wanted to solve a problem that exists in our community, the chronic disease, but also I see agriculture as a means to address employability issues. There are jobs because we eat. And food needs to be obviously uh, produced and processed and distributed and recycled. And those are jobs that many of these young people who aren't interested in college or are not adept to the um, to this IT world now, agriculture is a great place for where they can make a living, live an honorable, dignified life, and take care of their family. Tell us a little bit about the gardening program that you developed and how that program has helped these kids find new direction of course we grow more than plants we grow boys into men and you should see the light come on in their faces when 
something that they planted into the ground comes to fruition. Mm-hmm. And we use seeds as well as transplants because for those who need quick results, quick turnaround, we got to give them some plants, you know. So, <laughs> but the seeds generally take a little longer. And we use a lot of scriptures also. We, mm-hmm. you know, the mustard seeds, the uh, Jesus's parables about the fig tree and we use a lot of parables to teach as we work side by side with them. So we've been growing and producing since 2009, and we share a lot of our yield with the community, particularly the seniors along the Beatty's Ford Road where they say this uh, food desert exists. We had a, a humongous blessing of the harvest this past week, and we had a generational a pouring out of you know people attending. We had the seniors, the young people, and everybody, and we have these huge collard green sale and sweet potato pie sale and these young boys know how to grow food but they can also tell you about the water cycle they can tell you about the micro and macro nutrients and fertilizer they can tell you about how much they expect to yield from a certain uh, so cubic so, space so what you're saying is that you're teaching these kids science through gardening huh Yes, sir. Okay, now, do you have classroom time for these kids? Yes, sir. On Wednesdays, we have our manhood training, and these are our, this is when we draw on those time-honored teachings and trainings. Uh, we teach, on the first Wednesday, we teach the African, African-American Black Experience. The second Wednesday is Career Exploration. Third Wednesday is Group Discussion. The fourth is Parent and Family Night. we got to include the family to bring the parents along. You know, because they'll reinforce a lot of what these young people learn once they leave the program. We're going to take a quick break here and we'll be right back. Greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This is Yolanda Holmes, also known as Dr. Yo. Come join us Saturday, November 9th for Hour of Power at Carowinds in the Palladium. Parents and church leaders, bring your youth ages 12 and up for an hour, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. to celebrate God. The purpose of this God-ordained event is to encourage, empower, enlighten, educate, and equip youth. The first 150 youth will receive a Bible and a book bag with school supplies and additional gifts and prizes for attendees including adults hosted by fly tie and musical entertainment provided by dj crazy t for 30 dollars only the price includes parking admission entrance to hour of power and all day fun at the park to purchase carowinds tickets online go to carowinds.com forward slash save enter park for the username and password praise carowinds season ticket holders enter for free for more info direct message dr yo on instagram at hour of power youth or visit eventbrite hour of power hop for additional details the world premiere of the brand new single i can love you through anything by musician singer songwriter and producer ken hardio i can love you Featuring Charlotte, North Carolina's very own musician, singer, songwriter, music educator, and producer, Quentin Bethay. This song has a message of hope and healing for people of all ages across the globe. Get your copy now. Available on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Google Play. 
Praise listeners, this is Brian Moore, one of your hosts of the Be More Faithful radio show. And I'm Sarah Moore. Please come join us every Sunday on Praise 100.9 at 10 p.m. The Be More Faithful radio show is a half hour of inspiration, information, and entertainment. The Be More Faithful radio show is brought to you by our company, Be More Faithful Marketing. If you want to know more about Be More Faithful Marketing, go to www.bmfradioshow.com. The Be More Faithful radio show's content covers a topic of discussion, the song of inspiration, a sermonette, and our artist showcase, which you can listen to on a podcast on our website on bmfradioshow.com. Praise listeners, put us on your schedule and join us every Sunday night at 10 p.m. for the Be More Faithful radio show. And also, if you're interested in the services of Be More Faithful Marketing, give us a call at 704-497-4678 or email us at info at bmfradioshow.com. Thank you for listening to the Faith Connection Show. And here's Dr. Miller with his special guest. Now, when you're having these programs, have you noticed a great difference in the academic growth of these kids? Because one of the statistics for at-risk kids, and some of these kids are at-risk that you service, is that they generally fail at school because they have a lack of interest in conventional learning. Have you found that the way that you teach these kids in your program, that your kids primarily are starting to excel academically? Yes, sir. Uh, not only in academics, but less truancy. There's greater conversations and involvement with their parents. Now, I was impressed with the idea that uh, last year you sponsored a trip. We went to Ghana in 2010. We mm-hmm. went back to Ghana in 2018. And just this past summer here, 2019, we, we took our group to Cuba. Oh, great. What is the purpose of these trips? Is it just a culture adventure that they're going on? or What, what is the real? Yes, um, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, learning more about their culture and the black experience abroad. But also, this is to broaden their experiences because many of these young people, you know, they may think all that there is to offer in life might be on Beatty's Ford Road or within 485 or in Charlotte. And when you expose a kid, particularly those who don't get the opportunities to go to um, on these people-to-people trips that uh, uh, many people take as a birthright. I mean, they go on family vacations and they travel internationally. But for a lot of our young boys to be able to get those opportunities, it is a godsend because it gets them to start thinking a little bit more globally. Now, you know, I probably should have asked you this before, but what is your background? Because it seems like that you have a real grasp of what you are trying to do and what you want to do with these kids and where you want to take them to. And I must commend you for that because I think that if we had the problem off early enough, uh, we can pretty well handle it and solve the problem in latter years. So tell me a little bit about your background. Yes, sir. I'm a native of the Sea Islands of Charleston, South Carolina. Graduated from the University of South Carolina in public health. Grew up in a single-parent home, loving home. But I saw many mentors and hardworking family members. Been fortunate to be married to my wife, Gwen, for 29 years. I have three wonderful children. 
and I work in public health full-time, and I'm the founder and executive director for the Nails Place full-time. So. Okay. So you got two full-time jobs. Two full-time jobs. Yeah, and both <laughs> of them are great occupations because we need more people like you. I wanted to ask you one last question here before we wrap up. That question is, if you had to start the Nails Place today, what would you do different? I would want to start with, as opposed from a deficit, I would want to start with assets. I would want to acquire land. Mm -hmm. I would like to have an endowment and take the agricultural program to scale. I would want to have a facility where I could really have a lot of these young men around the clock, 24 hours a day, out in the wilderness somewhere where there is significant property, where we can grow our own food, I can control and manage what their diet, what they see on TV, and and have a better opportunity to develop them. Okay. Yeah, and the reason I ask that question is because a lot of times hindsight is always twenty twenty. And with a program like this, I'm sure you've learned a lot yes, over the years as the program has developed, and certainly you have become much, much more familiar with human behavior when it comes to kids. Kids transition so fast when you're dealing with kids that are 12 years old and up. And by the time they reach 18, they think they know everything, but they just hadn't figured out how much of it they really don't know. Yes, and so I, that's the reason I asked you that question. But, you know, that's great because I think to know that you believe that these kids could have more time in the program like a 24-hour-a-day almost where they live on the campus and they involve themselves in development and growth, that you could change a lot of their lives. Last question, and we're going to close this thing up. It's been great having you on the show. Yes, and um, the last thing I wanted to ask you, what involvement would you say to our listeners today that you would love to have from the community and from our faith-based community that would help you to help these kids? What kind of involvement do you need? Well, certainly direct involvement. We have our weekly manhood training to be able to have church people of faith to help with the unchurched. And many of these young people are unchurched. Okay. I've always believed as a Christian, you know, that the greatest charity should go where the greatest needs are. All right. And so our people are suffering. And, mm -hmm. you know, as we look down the, look over the hills here, I don't see anyone coming to save us. And elected officials can't do it. This is going to have to be something that our people, our place of worship are going to have to get together and say, we're going to put monies and resources behind our young people. And so uh, the website, let me just get for more information, is www.themailsplace.org. www.themailsplace.org. Phone number 704-713-3824. All right, you heard it from Reggie Singleton, who is the founder and director of The Males Place in Charlotte, North Carolina. And Reggie, it was great having you on the show, and we'd love to have you back again and maybe on a panel situation the next time. It's an honor, Doctor. All Thank right. you. God bless you. Yes, sir. <laughs> Woo. Come on, let's keep it going. Neglect this child, nor will ignore tears in your eyes. Lay your cares to For the righteous, the righteous won't be forsaken. Just hold on. Just hold to your faith and His word will be manifested. Be steadfast and don't fear. What you really mean? Don't break and worry. Don't pray and worry. 
For listening to the Faith Connection Show with your host, Dr. David Miller, equipping people to connect with their purpose. Here's an inspirational word from Dr. David Miller. It's been said that the hardest thing in the world is to forgive someone that has trespassed against you. I'm not so sure that's the hardest thing in the world to do. I know the scripture says, judge not and you will not be judged. Condemn not and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. That's Luke 6, 37. But you know, forgiving, the toughest thing in the world about forgiving is forgiving oneself. You know, a lot of us can't move on because we just can't forgive ourselves. Forgiving yourself means to release the need to replay a negative situation over and over again in your mind. 
if it's been done, it's been done. Don't become a hostage to your past by always reviewing and reliving your mistakes. Don't remind yourself of what you should have, could have, or would have been. Release it and let it go. Move on because that's how to attack the future with your success by simply releasing the past. The success of the future is yours, but you got to release the past. Thank you for listening to the Faith Connection Show with Dr. David Miller, making a connection for you and equipping people to connect with their purpose. Don't forget to log on to the ConnectCenterNC.com. That's ConnectCenterNC.com. If you'd like to reach Dr. David Miller, email theconnectcenter3 at gmail.com. That's theconnectcenter3 at gmail.com. And remember, never lose the connection to your purpose.